trying to build here and the type of success we're looking to, to have and, and hopefully sustain. I'm not worried about the outside noise or what, what people are writing about, what people are saying. When we step on that field, we're ready to go to war for our brothers. Raise up, three, one, two, three. It's unnecessary roughness. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. This is Unnecessary Roughness, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Big shout-out to Finley Cadillac. Big shout-out to the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. That's where my man Ari is at. I'm at the home studio today. We like to call it Studio Q. Of course, this is all being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. And shout-out to my man Mordecai. These guys have been in business for like 50 years here in Las Vegas, and they've got everything. And I mean everything. Diamonds, jewelry, watches, whatever you need. You trying to make an impression, make an impression right? <laughs> They'll help you make that impression. The Jewelers of Las Vegas, anyone who is anyone, that's exactly where they go to get all their jewelry needs taken care of. And on top of that, if you buy something you need at size, boom, they'll do it right there on the spot. I mean, anything that you need, like I said, my man Mordecai will do a really good job. Make sure he gets you uh, taken care of, get you hooked up like a tow truck in a major, major way. You can always give him a call at 702-382-1234, or you can check him out at thejewelers.com. And of course, they fuel this show here, Unnecessary Roughness. So got a lot of texts and a lot of calls we want to get to, plus Antonio Pierce, Raiders linebacker coach. We had a chance to catch up with him on Tuesday. You'll hear from him in just a few minutes. But as promised, Mitch in New Jersey, you're up first, man. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? How's it going, Q? I'm blessed, man. How are you? How you doing? You make Good, good. Blessed, too. Set my scroopings up. We get the Ford. Uh, on the they got a Ford uh, fake for uh, arrest for me. I wasn't even in town. That was for don't don't fall for it. They wouldn't send you by text. Okay. Uh, it, uh boy, it made me feel made me feel old. I remember when we played for the Giants. Yep. You were probably in high school. No, probably no, right, I'm, right. I'm an old man. No, yeah, right. You know, I, I, so many so many young uh, customers. I can be three times. Oh, uh, they're just in college. I'm three times older than them. That <laughs> makes me feel. Old. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the, both quarterbacks. And would you say Jimmy G, wherever he goes? He can never feel too secure. There's always somebody. He knows they're going to show up in the Super Bowl. They're going to be drafting one of those Pac-12 quarterbacks. I know it doesn't exist, but at least the college is in. Well, this is the last year. Anyway, but they're somewhere else. Not where the Jerry way belong. He must feel like he always has somebody to go over his shoulder. Yeah, he's the He's like true. a modern-day version of, uh, I forgot the guy, uh, Luke Gow, replaced somebody. Wally Pitt. He never got a shot back. Wally, Wally Pitt. Yep. He's the Wally Pitt quarterback. Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> Thanks, man. Mitch, that was a good one. The Wally Pitt. Yeah, he's got the Wally Pitt syndrome, right? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a funny story right there. But uh, he does always have somebody looking over his shoulder, right? It didn't really work out when the 49ers went and made the move for Trey Lance. It still hasn't worked out. It really hasn't. I don't have any idea, as I asked Matt Barrows in the second hour, I don't have any idea what the end-all, be-all goal is with Trey Lance. Now you got a young Brock Purdy that you seem to believe in. So is Trey Lance still going to take over one day, or is he going to sit there until all of a sudden you decide that, well, now we got to decide on his fifth-year option. Now what? Right? Are you going to try to trade him at that point? If he has nothing on wax, is anyone going to really trade for him? Probably not. Like, that seems like a big old situation going on right there, right? You really just don't know. If they end up trading him, there's no way they get half of their, you know, return on investment. What they put in to get him, there's no way they get close to that 
on the way out. So, uh, yeah, the young quarterbacks will be interesting to see what they look like, or the two quarterbacks, as Mitch said, will be interesting to see what it looks like against the 49ers, talking about Jimmy G, and I'm assuming Aiden O'Connell. Vinny asked me today, what do you think for uh, Sunday for the preseason game? What do you think about Brian Hoyer? And I told him I feel like maybe one, one drive. Maybe. Because, honestly, do you need to see anything from Brian Hoyer? I don't, right? But I don't want to just throw Aiden O'Connell to the wolves and be like, here you go, sink or swim, guy, right? Just no pressure, just go on out there and, and, and see what you got. And, and, look, I don't believe that anyone from San Francisco that's a you know, big-time defensive player is going to be out there. But at the same time, I think maybe you'll see one drive from Brian Hoyer. I know you – well, I don't know. We don't know anything until we see it. But I'm not, as, I'm not expecting anything from Jimmy G. And at the most, one, one drive from Brian Hoyer, and the rest will be Chase Garbers and Aiden O'Connell, not necessarily in that order. Mailman Raider hit us up at 69187, keyword r Q, I want to see a couple things. One, how does Zeus perform if he brings a little thunder? And two, I'm curious to see as if they'll, to see as, as if they'll show something different on the kickoff. Are we going to see a ton of squib kicks, or is it just the same old, same old? That's Mailman Raider. Yeah, I don't know what they'll show in the preseason. And, and I don't even know what they'll show in joint practice when it comes to kickoffs, right? They might keep that under wraps because they don't want to put that on film. I think that they're working on something, though. Right, when we, when we met with Coach McMahon, I think last week at some point, and he was talking to us, and I think Vinny asked him about the different kickoff rules, and, you know, he had that look in his eye and kind of the way he answered. He didn't specifically say, like, yeah, we're working on something. We're going we're gonna, to, you know, figure it out to the point where we make it our, put it at our advantage. But it looked like that they were going to work on something. Like, they had something that they were cooking up that uh, they, felt like, they felt pretty confident in. So I'm not sure if we'll see too much of that. On Thursday or Friday, I don't know if we'll see any of that on uh, Sunday for the preseason game. But Zeus, if he has any thunder, if he has any juice, that's going to be – that's something to pay attention to for sure. Again, uh, these joint practices will be very important for the trenches to see what they look like, both the offensive line and defensive line. And if they're able to ho- open up some holes for, for Zeus, that's a good thing. Again, I feel like when this whole Josh Jacobs situation gets worked out, it's going to be Josh Jacobs and Zeus, right? It's going to be Josh Jacobs and Zamir White with the one-two punch. I think, and, and I think that's ideally how it works out. I don't think Josh Jacobs needs 353 carries this year. <laughs> I, just, I just don't. But I would like to see a nice one-two punch, especially if you feel like Zamir White can get it done. And we'll start to see that coming up tomorrow. We'll start to see that on uh, Friday. We just got the email, as a matter of fact, from the Raiders practices 830 to 1030 tomorrow. So we'll be out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center bright and early, ready to, you know, ready to see what we see and then come back and talk about it. So that's going to be an element that we look forward to. Also, got a text from Rob in Oakland. He said, there's a lot of goals in training camp practices with other teams. With this particular team at this time, I want the Raiders to show big stones. I'm not asking for fights. I'm asking for real football toughness against their borderline dirty linebackers. Against Yeah, against their borderline dirty linebackers. That left tackle that likes to crush opposing DBs. Oh, and now I just lost it. Where'd it go? Oh, here it go. And that wide receiver that runs violently with, uh, like a running back. I really don't like that team or their coach. As far as Jimmy, I know he's competent, and I hope he's a great system fit, but I'm waiting with bated breath. He's going to have to show me something before I board that train. That's Rob in Oakland. Fair, fair, and more fair. And, yeah, I, I want to see some toughness, too. I like that. Right again, like you said, nothing dirty. Not going out there fighting, but don't get pushed around. You know, don't get pushed around, especially at your house. Right? I mean, don't, don't let someone come to your crib and, 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 and beat you up. Right? Don't, don't all of a sudden look like they're the, the, the stronger, faster, more physical team. 
you know, hold your own. Do what you do. I, I like that. I like that, uh, that, that point of view right there, especially if you're led by Max Crosby. And then you got a guy that loves physicality and Robert Spillane at the linebacker position. You have a crafty veteran like Marcus Peters. You have another veteran that's doing some good things on the back end with Marcus Epps. I, I like this, and I mentioned it earlier when we had Vic Tafer on the first hour. I like the fact that they have veterans on all levels that can help the young guys kind of help bring them along. Guys like Ja'Korian Bennett, I'm sure his eyes tonight, I'm sure he's not even going to sleep tonight. If he's anything like me, whenever there's some kind of big moment coming up that maybe I've never experienced before, it's like I ain't sleeping. I already know. Like, I'm going to try to lay it on down, but I ain't sleeping. I'm just going to be, you know, heart's going to be pounding, boom, 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 you know, just all fired up. That's just how I roll. This is a moment that he hasn't had before. He's never gone up against another opponent in the NFL. He's going to get a taste of that tomorrow, right? So that's, that's, that's going to be something. But veterans like a Marcus Peters, guys like a Chandler Jones, Guys like a Max Crosby, you know, guys like that, Bilal Nichols, guys like that, Jerry Tillery, they've been there, done that. They have an opportunity to kind of lead the charge, so that's something to look for. And obviously the offensive line as well, you know, you gotta got to show that toughness. Don't let them go in there and bully you. Don't let them beat you up where it's like, oh, that would have been a sack. That would have been, And I do that every time, I promise you. When I'm standing on the sideline, I don't care what the end result is. If that quarterback's holding the ball for a couple more seconds, that's a sack. I'll look over at Vinny, that was a sack. That's a sack, right? I don't care what happens after that. Once I say that's a sack, I don't care if you throw the ball 50 yards and Devontae makes a one-handed catch and does a somersault and, you know, cartwheel all the way to the end zone. None of that matters. You know why? It was a sack. doesn't matter, right? And so that's, that's, that's what I want to see. How is that offensive line going to stand up? You know, going back to Rob's text about toughness, how is it going to stand up against that, that defensive line of the 49ers? I know they don't have Nick Bosa. That's fine. They still have enough guys that can get to the quarterback. And vice versa, you know, what is Max Crosby going to look like? Is he going to be that, that dude that's going to, you know, hearing, hearing from Matt Barrows when we were talking about the 49ers, finding out that their right tackle is a new booty, and also he's going to go up against Max Crosby? Max Crosby, who they basically have been like, hey, we're going to put you on the shelf because you're already wrecking our practices, so we will just save you for the 49ers so you can wreck their practice? I bet you he's like a dog that's been in a car for the longest ride, the longest road trip. And you know what I mean. You don't even have to have a dog. I don't have a dog, but I know what that dog looks like when it's been in the car for a very long time and you finally get to your destination and you open that door, that boom, that thing's out of there, right? Man, I had, a, I had an old coach when I was in Texas covering high school football, a uh, country dude. Well, we were in Texas, so you know he was a country dude, and he, he, he described a, a player one time. <laughs> this guy took off really fast, right? And I couldn't help but to laugh. I had my mic on and everything. Also, I just started dying laughing on the broadcast. It messed up the broadcast, but I didn't really care. It was funny. He said, the guy ran so fast, he said, he took off like a scalded dog. I was like, that is as country as it gets, homeboy. And he's like, you ain't ever heard that? And I was like, no, I haven't. So we're having this conversation on the air. I was like, no, I haven't, but I like it. And so uh, that's, that, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I think of, right? Uh, that dog that's been on the road, uh, the road trip and finally you open the door, takes off like a scalded dog. Gone. So <laughs> that's, that's uh, yeah, man. <laughs> that's a funny saying. I like that. I'm going to use it one day, Art. You can use it if you want. In the uh, non-Southern places, I believe they call that the Zoomies. I don't have any idea what that is. All right. If you're a pet owner, which I'm not. but I've, I'm uh, not either. I've heard that many times. It's just when they're just zipping back and forth, like, for what's going on, and they're just yeah. zoom, zoom. You see dogs or cats. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know nothing about no zoomies. Nah, you're from the south. It's out. <laughs> Scolded dogs. Yeah, hey, man, he took off. Coach said that, man. No, that's me. perfect. That, was, that is that very That wasn't accurate. my saying, and the, but he said it live on air, man. He took off like a scalded dog. <laughs> I was like, man, that is country as all country, Coach. 
But it was cool. It was cool because, you know, I ain't mad at Coach. So <laughs> give us your feedback, 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. Coming up around 430, we have reason or excuse. Ari will take over, hit me with some uh, topics, and we'll decide if it's a reason or excuse. But right now, let's go ahead and get into what I've been talking about and teasing quite a bit. Antonio Pierce, want to talk about a dude with some intensity. He's a linebacker coach for the Silver and Black. We had an opportunity to catch up with him on Tuesday. What does Robert bring to that to that room, though? That that leadership, that toughness, that that grittiness, or whatever word you want to throw in there. What does he bring? I'm keep going. All those attitudes. <laughs> attitudes. I mean, you know, that's what it is, man. You know, it's, it's always good to have a guy that has that kind of demeanor about himself, mm-hmm. that presence amongst himself, and 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 that that kind of just feeds into everybody else. You know, it kind of flows in the room, and then it flows into the defensive unit, and hopefully the whole team. But Robert's Robert. And we allow him to be himself, and. and that's coming to work and being, you know, a laughable guy and talkative guy, great. If he wants to come work and not say a word and just work, I'm okay with that. At the end of the day, it's about production getting your job done. You uh, mentioned last year about Divine Diablo. You were talking about him. You said they, they just don't build him like that. What are no. you seeing from him this year? Hell, he got bigger, though. Until he walked in, I was shocked to see how much you know, weight and mass he put on. Mm-hmm. But he understands. His game is speed, and, and he's gotten better at playing linebacker coming downhill. Uh, what I've seen the guys get more comfortable playing the linebacker position. He doesn't look like a safety playing linebacker. He now looks like a linebacker. And he'll continue to grow on it. I think each and every year that he's in the league, he'll get better. He'll understand the game. He'll see the game as a linebacker. And I'll just make him better for both. Now, this this turnover mindset, obviously, like you said, it's like every every team preaches yeah. it, everything. But it seems like it's it seems like this is this, this is all Spillane. He's he's like punch the ball out, get your hands on the ball. It, that is that is priority number one, and it seems like that's your priority as well. I mean, you guys basically you guys get each other fired up. You guys, mm-hmm. it was it like does he take more more of that mindset from you, or is it just a just just like you guys are. Uh, I mean, everything starts like from top. Mind. Yeah, everything starts from top. Josh preaches it. Obviously, Pat Graham come here. That's one of the top pillars on our defense. And in our room, that's what we talk about. Production's at the ball, right? It's either tackles, turnovers. I know teams that play in December, late December, January, February for something. When it's the chip online, they probably do a good job turning the ball. If we want to be one of those teams, you got to preach that and do it. The only way you do that is by doing it in practice, individually, units, group meetings. Um, two-minute drill, no matter what drill it is, you just go out there and you work with that mindset. And if you do it, hell, you're not going to have a thousand of them. But if you can cause four to five per unit group or per player, hey, God bless you, you're going to have a good year. How important is it that they're focusing in on that during practice, these training camps that we've seen? We see everyone, three, four guys trying to punch that ball out. Yeah, it starts with the leaders. You know, Again, it goes from Pat Graham and Josh. And Now, now look, those guys got the helmets on. They're between the white lines. They got to go out there and do it, and they're buying in. And, again, every team tries to do that each and every year. Some teams get it in bunches. Some teams don't get it at all. And for us, you know, I think just keep emphasizing it, and then we'll know what happens once we get to Sundays. We had uh, Cynthia Freeland on the radio show the other day, okay. and she said not only is he a hell of a coach, talking about you, but you're a hell of a teacher. What is it about that teaching aspect of it? Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just uh, I can put myself in their shoes, literally. Right. You know, uh, it doesn't matter that I played 10 or 12 years ago. I you know, played linebacker you know, on TV, done it, watched it. Uh, I think I understand what they're thinking most of the time when they do stuff. And if they don't, then we, we talk about it. We get in a meeting room, hey, what the hell are you doing on this play? Wow, coach, I was thinking, all right, cool, all right. Well, how about we look at it this way? You know, and you try to make them understand that. You work together amongst it. 
Uh, I, I don't know how it is. I am as a coach. I mean, they'll they'll say what it is. I just want to make them make them the best football player they can be for the time that we're together. You feel like it's a little bit easier since you did do it. You played it. You did it at the highest level, and you no got doubt. one of these things that they're trying to work for. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. And I had great guys in front of me that you know I played with and coached me up. Yeah. They gave me that same example, and, and that's what I am. I'm a replica of all the people before me. Do you still feel like a like what they could say a coach on the field? Do you still feel like that? Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Sometimes I gotta shut myself up and just let the guys play, you know. But and that's the best part about it. They know it. I sit there and, and they'll hear me mumbling stuff, but I try to say it to myself. But I also want them while they're on the sideline, mental reps for the younger guys just to see the game that way. Don't see the game so locked in like a damn horse with blinders on. You know, open up your vision, um, be vocal about it, learn how to communicate, learn how to lead. You know what I mean? If we can get enough for those guys, hell, you know, I think I think the odds would be in our favor. Luke Masterson played 17 games, started seven of them last year. Yeah. How much have you seen him grow from one year to the next? Again, another guy's just comfortable playing linebacker. Uh, transition from a kid quarterback, what wide receiver safety in high school, transition in college. And then all of a sudden he's playing the big leagues and he started some games. Uh, but you can see him be more vocal, came in and looked really good physically. Uh, I just like the mindset of this kid. I mean, he never takes a day for granted. When you're undrafted, you can't. Right. So he just comes to work every day, man. It's, an, it's impressive to watch. I'm sure your assets are ready, but what does this blend bring to the mix? Give me an adjective, and I'll probably say that's it, right? Okay. I mean, hard hat, toughness, uh, no-nonsense type of mentality. Uh, it's just great. I mean, I think he, when he walks in his presence, you feel it. Right. I feel it. I think our team feels it. Our team needs it. Uh, obviously, he has to keep producing and, and doing well. Uh, in a classroom and then taking that to the field and then we'll see on game day. But uh, great person to have in, lock, in our locker room and in our, in our team. Raiders linebacker coach Antonio Pierce right there started talking about Robert Spillane, ended there talking about Robert Spillane. And I'm really interested and intrigued by what Robert Spillane brings to the the Raiders defense, right, that linebacking room, how he can help with what he knows and how he can incorporate it and what they want him to do. Right? How does he get better? How does he make Divine Diablo better? Luke Masterson, how does he make him better? That I'm very interested. I like the, the mindset and the demeanor of Spillane. I just want to see exactly how it goes and how it looks. He's not a guy that I believe is going to be on the field for all three downs. We know that there, he's, a, he's a question when it comes to you know, being in coverage, but we know he can stop the run like the best of them. But you know, Denzel Perryman was pretty sticking good when he was a member of the Silver and Black. So Spillane's got some big shoes to fill. Devon Diablo's got to take that next step. And Luke Masterson sounds like he's very comfortable taking that next step. So we'll see what that room looks like. And, and that's been one of my big questions still. Secondary I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable with. The linebacker room is where I still want to say, okay, I want to see how it all shakes out. Let me go back to the don'tbebroke.com text line, a 69187 keyword r This one's from Brad in Concord. He said, so I have no lack of confidence in Jimmy G, grabbing a hold of this offense, moving the chains, and especially making red zone improvements. What I don't have the confidence in is that he stays in there. I just fear that he'll drive this thing and then be gone. I hope I eat my words, but that concern has not changed since he signed, as we've all been discussing. And I, I've said it to anybody who'll listen, that you can't ignore the, the injury history. You can't. If you do, then you're just, you're just riding on blind faith. And maybe that's how you roll. That's fine. You know, I mean, if, that's, if that's how you roll, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't like to dwell on the injuries, but we all know that when we're talking and we're trying to be as realistic and open and honest around here as possible, I'm not trying to sell you, you know, uh, planet, planet Mars. I'm not trying to sell you a house on Mars. I'm not trying to, you know, gas you up or anything like that or set you up for failure, set your expectations up for failure. That's my big concern when it comes to Jimmy as well. 
It's not that he can't play because we know he can. It's not that he's a good leader. Everyone's told us that he is. It's that one season in his entire career, he's played the whole season. You know what I mean? Like, that makes me pause for the cause. <laughs> right? I mean, guys normally don't get healthier the older that they get. You know, I, I can't – if it happens one year and then, okay, the rest of the, his career, okay, he's cool. Or maybe even happens twice, okay, maybe that was a little bit of bad luck. But if it happens all the time, it's something, it's something to be concerned about. I hope it doesn't happen. You know, I love the fact that they're saying that every other year uh, – I know that I think Raider 66 called in and told us that, gave us that little nugget every other year is when he's at his healthiest, and this is supposed to be the healthiest year. It makes me remember – it reminds me of when the Giants – you know, the, the Giants in, in baseball, they'll win the World Series and they won't make the playoffs. And they'll win the World Series, they won't even make the playoffs. And they'll win the World Series. Like, that's – you can almost count on the Giants to be there to win it at the end every other year. Well, hopefully this works for uh, Jimmy G as well because this could be the year, if you go back and look at it, that he's the healthiest. We'll see. I don't like to <laughs> – I don't like to hold on to that, and that's my that's my saving grace. Like, if that's my lifeline, man, I don't feel like my lifeline is very – very comfortable, right? If that's my if that's my life preserver out in the middle of the ocean, I think I'm gonna drown, <laughs> right? <laughs> you better throw me more than a uh, than one of those uh, pool noodles that they threw us in Hawaii, man. You know when we were out there doing our our snorkeling, they're like, "Oh, just hold it, get this life jacket on, you'll be all right. Get your uh, put your uh, you know your pool, your little noodle under you, you'll be good. All right, cool. Little flotation device, I'm good. If you give me a flotation device and it's only a straw, I think I'm in trouble." <laughs> right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. Brad, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's see. Here we go. We got this text from the 915. Q and Ari, what's good? I heard Neil is back. Hell yeah. But one comes back and one goes out like uh, Michael Mayer, shaking my head. I'm glad that Jimmy G was cooking. I want to see the offensive line and defensive line dominate. Quarterback and wide receivers on the same page. Entire defense operate and not give up plays. Uh, FYI for Baby Q, don't put the AC down to 68. You'll break it sooner rather than later. LOL, 70 to 73 to 78 is the limit, but we love our kids, no doubt. LOL. Uh, again, that's from El Paso Raider out the 915. Appreciate that text. And Yeah, normally with the AC, we usually keep it around 74, but it's just so funny. I, was, I started the whole show talking about kids and what they do. Uh, yeah, normally it's like it'll be cool in the house. It'll be super cool, and, you know, little Q will be running around with no, no shirt on or anything, and, you know, acting like he's, you know, feeling himself and thinking he's the dude. And then all of a sudden he puts a blanket on. I was like, wait, hold on. That's, none of that makes any sense, dude. But, you know. And then, of course, the fridge. Attack the fridge. Attack the fridge. Attack the fridge some more. Eat, eat, eat. Are you hungry? No, I'm just bored. Okay, cool. That's what they do. Go make AKA. some money instead. Right, exactly. You're bored. You're bored. Go get you a job. <laughs> I don't even have kids, but that's my Right. That's absolutely you want to not be bored? Go get a job, Jack. <laughs> got bills to pay yeah ex occupied exactly you ain't lying man you are not lying so there you go i like that uh as far as the injury yeah neil farrell uh neil farrell jr he was he was uh brought back he was in practice today so that's good uh michael mayer he did not return to practice yet he is the second round tight end out of notre dame he got dinged up on saturday and it, it didn't look serious like i, I want to tell everybody that's that that's you know concerned about it it really didn't look serious when he was there stretching and they, I mean, because normally if it's something really bad, you can kind of tell by the, the reaction, the body reaction of the guys working on him. It just looked like it was a little, little something, right? Just something that's a little nagging, whatever. But I don't think it's anything too serious. Now, you know, if he all of a sudden doesn't come back next week and, you know, then you, you just don't see him or hear from him, then maybe there's something there. But uh, for the most part, I wouldn't get too, 
overly concerned about him right now. I just think it was just kind of a little pull or, like I said, a little little nagging-type injury at, you know, at this point. He didn't finish practice on Saturday. He got through about three-quarters of it, didn't go out there on Sunday, uh, wasn't out there today. So we'll see if he returns to practice tomorrow or Friday and, you know, if he participates in the preseason game on Sunday. But like I said, I wouldn't take too much too much into, you know, him not being out there, at least not yet. Uh, let's see. What else? We got a text from Raider Cease in the OC. Uh, what I want to see from training camp with the Niners is how do the tackles do protecting our quarterback? Can our defensive tackles get through their offensive line? Also, I feel that we only brought back quarterback Garbers because Jimmy G and Hoyer will not be playing in preseason. They don't need O'Connell playing too much during the preseason. That's Raider Cease in the OC. And, yeah, I think Chase Garbers is probably a practice squad guy. And definitely a, a quarterback to get him through the preseason. I do think Aiden O'Connell is going to play, though. I think he's going to be very active in the preseason. Why wouldn't you? You got an opportunity to get him some some reps, <laughs> right? I mean, that's like that's like uh, you know anything that that you do. If you get an opportunity to do something, why not do it and, and try to sharpen your skills? I think that they're gonna they're gonna show him a lot out there. And, and the best part about it for them is they don't have to you know, like dial back the playbook because they're not going to throw the whole playbook at him anyway. So what he's comfortable with doing, very basic stuff, is what they'll throw at him. So I think you'll see Aiden O'Connell quite a bit. I just don't think Hoyer is going to get a much much burn because you don't need to see him at all. And Jimmy G, well, Jimmy G just got to make it to September. He ain't got to worry about August. You know, he's like, he's, like, he's like me when it comes to school. I ain't showing up in August, Jack. <laughs> My Your first bell. day of school is September. I don't know about the rest of you guys. When the bell rings, you want to go? Go ahead. I'll see you in September. You know? What do they say, Ari? When we break, we break. <laughs> is that right? it? Is that what they say? Man, yes, yes. Hey, homeboy. <laughs> I had a guy that I used to work with when I worked at the grocery store at Lucky's, man. When that dude broke, he broke. Like, there would be times where he's like, hey, I'm going to go on break. And we're like, damn, because you know he ain't coming back. You know, like break's supposed to be 10 minutes. He did everything he could to uh, maximize that. And he would take it at the times where you would get distracted. Right. Like he was so smart and savvy about it. He had that old veteran stuff. He had that Vegas Jess where he pushed off in the small of my back and nobody saw it. He had that kind of skill set, right, where you just don't even pay attention. He was good at that. He was – man, I'm telling you, it, it would be a certain time. He's like, all right, I'm going to go on break. I was like, dang it, he ain't coming back. He ain't coming back no time soon, and I'm supposed to go on break next. Like 30 minutes later, he's like, oh, I've been back. I've been over there. Sure you have. I don't like this dude. Because <laughs> I also know that he's scheduling his breaks perfectly like when yeah. the busy wherever you are working. Right. Right? It yeah. doesn't matter. I was at the grocery store. But I'm saying wherever you are, you know, that's that person that's going to, oh, like at 4.15, it's going to get yeah. crazy. Yeah, and, I'm going to break at 4.10. And you know what's worse? Sorry. He, he would <laughs> do it when he was on carts, right? Because then he didn't have to go get carts. And so you know what they say? Q, we need carts. Go on, get carts. I'm like, I'm not on carts, Who's man. That's, so, that's, that's Eddie, man. That's Eddie's job. Oh, Eddie's on break. Is Eddie ever coming back? Eddie's been on break since last week. And then it's, oh, don't worry about them. Just yeah, do yeah, your yeah, focus yeah, on yeah, you, yeah, Q. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Don't worry about Eddie. Eddie's all right. No, Eddie ain't all right. Eddie yeah. better be all right. He ain't done nothing in a month. He better be all right. Oh, man. Eddie. <laughs> I'm going to see you, Eddie. I don't like this guy. <laughs> nah, he was cool. He was. <laughs> he was uh, it's, it's making. It's actually triggering me thinking about other people. Oh, you're thinking. So. Of, you're thinking of your. You got Any an Eddie job. in your life too. <laughs> Any jobs? I've had. I've had an Eddie in every job or, or quite a few. So yeah. Oh, I heard that. Four twenty-seven is the time. We'll take your your calls and your text. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred six nine one eight seven. Keyword R and R. We still have on the way Kennedy Palomalu, Raiders running backs coach. Plus, we have reason or excuse. That's all on the way as we get ready to close out the show on this Wednesday. It's Raiders Radio nine twenty. 
I think just be myself, you know, I had a lot of great advice from people that have been in my shoes before and, you know, try not to put too much pressure on myself, just be myself, enjoy the process, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's just football and so I'm going to work as hard as I can, you know, try not to leave any stone unturned, but at the same time, enjoy it, um, have fun playing the game. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell right there. Met with the media earlier today just talking about it's only football. And you know the funny thing about it is the quicker that people can realize that, the quicker that they can play the game at that level. And that's, I mean, that's just one of those things I like to try to try to put that in my own head, right? I mean, when it comes to anything that we do in life, whenever we do something, we think we're doing it at a higher level than we've done it before. Once we realize that it's just the same thing that we've been doing, that's when we're so much better at uh, what we do. Right. I, uh, it's, it's so funny. When I first started doing ESPN national radio shows, I remember calling my dad one time. I was like, man, I'm going to be on Saturday night. I'm so excited. Seven to ten. I'm going to be on Saturday night. It's going to be great. And he's like, I don't know why you're more pumped up now than you are when you do Monday through Friday. Like you do it all the time. It's just it's it's just radio. Yeah. But dad, it's national radio. He said, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's still radio. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. He's like, it's not like all of a sudden you're going into the lab and you got to commit heart surgery i mean it's 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 something that you do and you know so just go do it like yeah, that's a good point sometimes all you got to do is realize it's just the same thing that you've been doing and so when rookies come into the nfl and they have an opportunity to play yeah everyone's better around you but as long as you play and do what you did to get there you should be okay and so that's the approach that aiden o'connell is taking as he met with the media earlier today 433 is the time this is unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, got a couple texts that I want to get to, and then we want to hear from Kennedy Palomalo, who is the Raiders running back coach. Grumpy-ass Mexican said, Q, hope all is well. I think our weakest or biggest issue is the quarterback position because if Jimmy G goes down, who's next? Who do they? Who do you think could really step up and win games? I think it's weaker than our linebacking position, and everyone is worried about that. That's just my two cents. And uh, what's up with Demon? But don't get me wrong, Ari's doing a good job. Uh, just miss those great stories of his high school basketball career that didn't exist. As grumpy ass Mexican. No, he, we have him right now uh, over on our uh, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Matter of fact, he's part of Cofield and Company, doing a great job there. And Ari's doing a great job here on unnecessary roughness. So uh, we're getting everybody to be a five tool athlete, a five tool uh, <laughs> component where they can do everything in the building. One day Ari's going to take over this show. Well, maybe not, but uh, you know. Ari's going to be taking over everything in the building one day. DeMond's going to take over everything in the building one day. Uh, that's the goal, at least, right? Coach them up, train them up, and, and let them end up being the stars. And so hopefully uh, one day everyone's able to do exactly that. As far as the quarterback position goes, if Jimmy G were to go down, and I heard the morning tailgate talking about this the other day, Vinny and Clay and Lindsey were having this conversation. I thought it was a really good one. It depends on how, how long Jimmy's out, right? And I don't want to put that on anybody like him. He's guaranteed to be out because he's not. But if he were to go down and it was a short-term thing where it was going to be a game or two that he was going to miss, I would have no problem with them putting Brian Hoyer in there, right? I don't think they'd have any problem with them putting Brian Hoyer in there. But if he goes down and it was some kind of severe injury, like say he just re-aggravated the foot or something and it just looks all bad, and he's going to miss five, six, seven games, I, I, I know everyone wants to see wins, but I'd rather just see what, the, what, what Aiden O'Connell has. I'd rather just say, hey, go ahead and put the rookie out there, see what he's got, see what he can do as a starter, as he prepares to be the starter, 
and, and, and see what he has. And I think that would give the Raiders a good idea of what they have to work with as well. Not Again, hopefully Aiden O'Connell never touches the field in 2023. Hell, hopefully Brian Hoyer never touches the field in 2023. But if there's a plan in place, I would think that that's what it is. If it's a short-term fill-in, then you got Brian Hoyer. If it's the long-term, then go ahead and just put the – Put the youngster in there and see what he's got. As far as I'm concerned, that could just be me, right? And that's that's. I think to me that makes the most sense. But, again, like I said, that's just me. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's see. We got a text from Clark in San Mateo, or like I used to call it, San Matteo. Q, speaking of the Giants, Dodger fans should start getting nervous. Our rookies are putting in the work. Mention Camilo Duvall to Harry Ruiz if you, if you can see – if you see a cold sweat on his brow, report back. <laughs> so there you go, firing shots at my man Harry, who's a big-time Dodger fan. And, uh, yeah, man, the Giants, the, the Giants are the Giants, right? They do what they do. Uh, I'll tell you what, not to switch the subject, I was so mad at the A's. I went scorched earth on them on the radio last night. I was so mad. That was my last word last night on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. I was so angry at the A's, who, oh, by the way, lost again. Lost to, uh, lost to the Rangers. Not that that's a shock. But they are so bad in division play, Ari. They have won one game in the last 18 division games. One. I was, I was so mad at the end of the show last night. As everyone knows, Ricky Henderson is my favorite all-time player, favorite all-time athlete. Like, Ricky Henderson could walk on water for all I'm, you know, as far as I'm concerned. He's that dude, right? He could do no wrong in my eyes. I said on national radio last night, there is no reason why his name is anywhere in that Oakland Coliseum. They need to take that name off the wall. They need to take his name off the field. I, if I'm Ricky Henderson, I'm calling the, the ownership in the third person and saying, you need to take <laughs> – right? In the third person. That'll get him to listen. Ricky Henderson says you need to take Ricky Henderson Field and, and, and do away with it because you're an embarrassment to Ricky Henderson's name on Ricky Henderson Field. Like You know what I mean? Like There is no reason that a team is so stinking bad and has a Hall of Famer's name on it like that. That is an absolute disrespect. You know where they should be playing? They should be playing in the field of bad dreams. Not even the field of dreams. They should be playing in the field of bad dreams because they are a nightmare. And I hate that. I Look, we have the Aviators. The Aviators play right here on our very own station, Radio Nation Radio 920. Love the Aviators. Love to go out to Las Vegas ballpark. Love the guys that are playing for the Aviators. I know that they're minor leaguers. I feel sorry for them, though, because they go to the big leagues, and they're playing with that blank show. And when they get really good, I'm happy for them because they get moved on, right, because they're not trying to win. It's embarrassing. Aviators, shout out to them. Love them. So glad to have them. A's, not so much. Just saying. We're getting a Major League Baseball team in Vegas, by the way. <laughs> Supposedly. We ain't getting nothing. Do we want it? I mean, no. No, that's no. That's, 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 that's what I'm joking. I'm just saying. I'm watching like, a Little League the World way. Series right now between Rhode Island and New Jersey, and Rhode Island's wearing green and yellow jerseys, and that's the green and yellow <laughs> I'm supporting tonight, there Rhode Island. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Well, let me go ahead. <laughs> oh, now well. that I've yeah, got back on that, that soapbox to make myself angry. Kennedy Palomalo, Raiders running back coach. We had a chance to catch up with him yesterday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Here's that conversation. Uh, that's that's the character in every single one. And uh, we pride ourselves in, uh, in being there for each other. And 
I, I like that a lot. Uh, we, we, we have dialogues all the time about, uh, you know, not just football, just about life uh, and, and how we can help each other uh, through different things, and uh, I think they've done that. And Jakob Johnson, you just brought up his name. He's a fullback, and there's not too many fullbacks in today's NFL. How cool is that to still have a fullback on your team as good as Jakob Johnson is and still being a leader um, in that room? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's <laughs> awesome I'm being a former fullback myself, so it's awesome. But he is such a great, great young man. This, the young man's here all the time, taking care of his body, working out, uh, you know, and, 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 and having our head coach as the offensive coordinator. He loves that downhill run game and play action, and uh, it's fun. It, it, and, and you just go over time, he's used fullbacks more than uh, a lot of guys uh, that have called, you know, plays in, in the NFL, and he's, he's consistent with it. He uses a fullback, and and Jakob has is, is been a real benefit for us, and he he works at it. He gets better every week, uh, every year. Last year to this year, he's, he's much better. And it's just his energy, his love for the game, his selflessness, uh, that's what you want from your fullback, you know, that, that, that tough play. You know, when everybody's hurting and the heat is out there, he's out there going and going and, and rooting for guys and bringing them up. Uh, that's, that's uh, he's got a, he does a really good job with that role. All right, well, thank you so much, Coach. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. We see, we see running backs in high school transition to college and be great. How does a running back transition from college to the NFL and still be great? Oh, man. Some of them are innate. You know, some of them, uh, they're, they're gifted. Right. Uh, and uh, my experience, uh, the guys that uh, are gifted, they just have a work ethic. Right. Um, they, they work hard. They uh, work sharp in their craft. Uh, they know how to take care of their bodies. Uh, they know the playbook. They're learning. Um, their learning is, is natural. They, they pick it up so fast. Um, at least the, the, the ones that, that just take it to another level in the NFL. Their learning curve is unbelievable. Well, you've coached some really good running backs that are Thank special, you. that have that ability to be there. I know Josh isn't here right now, but what did he do? What kind of message did he leave on that room to also help them as well? Like we just talked about, the learning. Yeah. You know, just uh, the, the, the work ethic, the competitive the unconditional competitiveness of the, the elite guys that I've had the opportunity to be, it didn't, they, it, it wasn't, they just loved to compete. They, they were banged up or death in the family or they got, or somebody's ill. They just, on game day, right. they, they were locked in, <laughs> compete. Now, after the game, they took care of right. what they need to take care of, but it's that unconditional competitiveness that I've uh, seen uh, through my years of coaching that it's, uh, it's when you have it, you better hold on to it. How's that relationship with you and those guys? Because I see you like, you know, Papa Bear almost, right? Like you can see the way that you, you, you love on them, you know, and, and help coach them up. And they talk about that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hard on them. Yeah. But you got to show them you, you care, right? Right. And uh, it's not just care about their execution on the field, 
you care about their life. Uh, you care how you know check up on them, and, and uh, you know if I if I had an opportunity to see them in their home and they get to see me in my home, that's that's uh, the family that the environment that I kind of you know the the Polynesian way of growing up. It's all about family, and right. you know I know they're not blood, but it's uh, it's the closest uh, that I can be without being blood. Well, I'll tell you one guy that makes us all smile when we talk to him is Amir White, right? And he's getting a lot of burn right now. He's getting a lot of attention out there. He just seems like a guy that you want to root for, a guy that's going to give you everything he's got. What have you seen from the second-year guy? Uh, just what you were talking about. He's, uh, he's a shy kid, young, uh, quiet, but it's the same from all of them. Well, Brandon Bolden's that way. People don't realize that he's going into his 11th year. Amir Abdullah is that way. He's young. Jakob Johnson's that way. Uh, Brenton Brown's that And it's just the culture that they've put together that they, uh, they you want to root for. You, know? you just want to root for those guys. And, and I'm just speaking in my room and I love, I love coming to work, and I love coaching. Well, Sincere McCormick is a guy you mentioned earlier. He, he tore his ACL last year, but he, he was a heck of a player at UTSA. What have you seen from him in just a little short amount of time? He is, uh, he's getting his feet under him. Yeah. He's learning, uh, he's learning the, the NFL way, of, uh, but he's got some uh, good innate ability and understands. And, now we, he's got to get to a pace that he was the guy. Right. Now there's a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to get to where, hey, every play I get in there, I got to compete. There you go. Kennedy Palabala right there. Really good stuff from him. Uh, man, his eyes lit up. I know this is radio and you can't see it, but his eyes lit up when I started asking about running backs and, and you know, what makes them great. And, you know, a lot of guys, if you remember high school football, everyone's a great athlete, right? Everyone, you, you always give the you always give the ball to the, the best athlete and he's the running back or the quarterback. And then they go to college and they're really good running backs. And, you know, it's a tough position to pick up when you get to, to the NFL just because there's so many things that go into it. But when I asked him about how do you become great on this level, man, his eyes just lit up. And uh, you can just tell how much uh, passion he has when it comes to even talking about the running back position. So good stuff right there from Kennedy Palomalo, Raiders running back coach. 4.45 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back. Ari's got reason or excuse as we close out the show on this Wednesday. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. Well, 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 Ron Rivera backed his comment or walked back his comments from yesterday. We're we're really doing this. It hasn't even been 24 hours. (laughs) Oh, here we are. And I needed to say that so that it didn't look like I was just recycling a topic from yesterday. But Ron Rivera said he, quote, put his foot in his mouth and was not as clear as he needed to be. He probably should have just let it go right at this point. But Rivera didn't mean to portray the team as whiny slackers, as that's absolutely not the case. It was just misconstrued. Reason or excuse? Oh, no, it's all excuses. It's all excuses. I I knew, I mean, yesterday I said it. We had John McClain on yesterday, and I said, why in the hell would he say that in front of the media? Why in the hell would he say that uh, about Eric Biennemi and his coaching style? Why would he say that in front of a camera? There's no reason for that. That's almost as bad as Sean Payton telling Jarrett Bell from the USA Today uh, about, you know, everything that was going on, not only with the Broncos organization, but Nathaniel Hackett, uh, who's now with the Jets and talking about the Jets. Like, I mean, there's – Certain times you don't have to say everything that's on your mind. And believe me, as a guy who says a lot that's on my mind, <laughs> I've learned that myself. But once you say it, you just say it. Like, it is what it is. And so I don't, I'm don't. i still trying to figure out, though, to be 100% honest with you, Ari, I'm trying to figure out the exact reason. Because I feel like 
Ron Rivera's been there, done that. He's not a dummy. He's not some new booty head coach, right? He's been there, done that. Season. Right. He has worked with Cam Newton. He's, you know, I mean, he's worked with a bunch of different dudes, right? He's in Chicago with all those personalities as a player. I mean, look, man, this guy, like I said, he's not a dummy. So there has to be some kind of calculated reason on why he said it the way he said it. I'm just not smart enough to know what it is. And I and I have no problem telling you I'm not smart enough to know what it is. I'll, I'll continue to wonder and inquire, but I have a feeling at the end of the day, I'm not going to really ever know what the exact reason was. Like, I try in my mind to think and make it make sense, but so far, it hasn't made sense. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I will say one thing. I actually think with the uh, Peyton uh, Jared Bell thing, I, I, from what I heard after the fact, not that this makes it any better, but that was, quote, you know, kind of a conversation that probably shouldn't have really happened, which I right. know does not it, excuse it, anything. Right. No, he's right. It shouldn't have happened, especially not with Jared freaking Bell. Correct. So what I mean <laughs> is, is like there's there's kind of another variable, which is the reporter wrote down all your transcribed your stuff. So in right. this case, Ron Rivera, what I mean, it looks like he called a presser or so to speak, or a, went yeah, on. It's, it's, said, a, it's, hey, it's like if Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels is going to meet with us tomorrow. If he came out and was like, you know what? Jimmy G just really needs to start working a little bit harder in the cl- in the classroom. He needs oh. to start studying film. He needs to be in the playbook. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know why I said that. I, I you know, I kind of put my foot in the mouth. Yeah, you think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come on, man. All oh. excuses. So I wonder what tomorrow will bring. Now, maybe he should just probably stop and let it let this just dissolve. The season's about right. to start, whatever. Facts. Maybe, Jed, yeah, as they always say, the best deodorant is winning. Maybe the commanders can get yeah, a couple dubs, good. dubs somewhere. Okay, over to uh, Major League Baseball. This is fun. A, uh, a guy named Lou Williams was called up from the Triple A's uh, as, as a fill-in ump for the first leg of Tuesday's doubleheader between the Nationals and the Phillies, and he was stationed at first base. He didn't do well. He had three separate calls overturned. It was kind of all the laughter about him on Twitter. So I'm just going to say he's just a Triple A umpire, so he's not ready to be officiating a Major League Baseball game. Is that a reason or an excuse? No, man. I mean... It probably is the reason, right? Umpiring, officiating, refereeing has not been very good for a while in all sports, right? Major League Baseball has a, a, a problem. You know, and I think a lot of it has to do with, and this is probably an excuse as well, I don't know why officials aren't as, like, more precise. I don't know why they're not more, like, as a matter of fact and want to make sure that they get the call right. But I feel like, and this might just be my reason, which is also could be used as an excuse, I feel like with replay, they feel like, well, I don't have to be perfect because we'll just go back and look at it anyway, right? I feel like that replay has allowed umpires and referees and officials to not be as good as they should be. Look, there's always going to be calls that are going to be wrong, and there's even times you're going to go to the cameras and replay it, and it's still going to get it wrong. But it just seems like there's so many officials to say that get things wrong, and it's not even close. And in baseball, really, I love baseball. Don't get me wrong. These guys are putting on a show. They're making, especially the home plate umpires. I don't know if you saw uh, 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 Manager Boone for the, for oh, the yeah. Yankees get thrown out the other day. One of that the six show, times yes. he's been thrown out, uh, you know, this season. He's he's thrown out more than any uh, other manager in, in Major League Baseball. But the home plate umpire, he was not wrong about. 
He's up there putting on a show. He's out, ha, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's almost like he wants to do it so bad and punch a guy out that he's calling strikes that ain't even close. Yeah, I, and I agree. That sport in particular in the strike zone, that is probably the worst, the most yeah, outrageous the like disparity between what's reality. And I don't and want to go crazy. to, you know, electronic lasers or I don't want that. That's BS. It shouldn't you shouldn't have to come to that. Yeah. But it almost feels like you have to come to that because there's guys like whoever that umpire was that you know, like, get out of here. Yeah. Got his Chun-Li on. Yeah, he got his Chun-Li <laughs> on. Says. Yeah, that's terrible. Anyway, you got me on my soapbox. Do you have a day of the day or no? I do. It is National Book Lover's Day. <laughs> I love me some books. You can't be mad at that, right? It's... I'll tell you right. I'll leave you with this. We'll close out the show with this. I don't know if you've seen it, but go check out YouTube. There's a video. Right. It's called Read a Book. Read a Book. It is, and the, it's a cartoon, and it's very little John-like. But it's funny. You'll you'll thank me later. Go check it out. Read a book. It's Radio 920.